prepare yourselves, because rising from the abyss, rising from the submerged desolation, are some of the most corrupt, steely-eyed, nerdsos that you have ever allowed into your ear holes. This is relics of war. You will not be found wanting for Guild Wars, or Guild Wars 2 news this day. If you do hear me burp, I can mute it, so you have the option of pretending like I didn't. Okay. Depends how epic it is. Yeah, if it's epic, then we can't mute it. But you might want a shower. It's time for the weekly mashup. This is where we play you the best bits from previous episodes because you were too busy. Oh my goodness, you mean some people don't even listen to every episode. Don't worry, GLaDOS. If they haven't been listening to every episode, this mashup should sort them out. Relics of War is now a year old, and these are some of the things you might have learned along the way. The podcast is often recorded from Ryan's car and usually deals with Guild Wars 2, the game being developed by ArenaNet. What's this here computer rating, the bass? You can tell I was in the car when I smacked the dashboard, huh? Yep. Yeah. Alright yeah. guys, let's do this. <laughs> this thing, I'm actually here doing a character study for a part I'm playing in a very high-profile movie back home. Ooh, I caught him, hold on. <laughs> Get out of here, you bastard. Yeah, let's talk about some Guild Wars! But ArenaNet went and screwed up, and they hired awesome artists and really good writers, so people <laughs> that play the game are like, Wow, I'm into this story. This is a very weird episode of the show. ArenaNet, you need to come out with the damn game so we stop this crap. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but Relics of War often deals with much more pertinent issues, such as the constant debates over the use of the Ranger, Pi vs. Cake, and Guild Wars vs. WoW. Well, if they have Rangers, then that's probably why they require everyone to have a res on their bar now. <laughs> obviously haven't played Ranger when I'm playing Ranger, but fair enough. The only times I've played with Tasha, she was on her monk because we actually wanted to get things done effectively. At one point, I remember falling asleep, like my head nodded down. I picked my head back up and it showed in the chat log that I had said something about birthday cakes and bananas. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, was I really typing in my sleep? And he goes, all I know is I have no idea what you were going on about. Like if you go to look at WoW podcasts, there's all kinds of people out there who are like, it's not a day. We're going to talk. <laughs> and then there was silence. Well, that was accurate. Yeah, I think Ryan's actually playing his microphone. Oh, this is great. We can hear you. You're just really quiet. You're in a box with Captain Martin Long. We like to think that one of the things that sets Relics of War apart is the wonderful range of co-hosts that Ryan has access to. These intelligent, humorous, and good-looking individuals bring that little bit extra to the show. They ask... Holy crap! <laughs> What Sorry. that? <laughs> that was me adjusting my mic. Oh, man, your mic is thoroughly adjusted now. Uh, I hate <laughs> this mic. Relics of War, now in hiccup vision. There was almost like an Attenborough thing you did there. And now the Chaz, in his natural habitat, giving signals to his peers in the group. I expect to see an unhappy Chaz. Yeah, don't expect a happy Chaz. That's, that's nigh impossible. Sounds like a statistic that was made up on the fly. Sorry, I'm just like starting to get alive because the, the Riddlins kicked in. Yes, I have two Mesmers, don't judge me. <laughs> oh, so, shush, you're just it... trying to get on Sean's good side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's so going in the matchup, yeah, sir. 
Ryan, I have something I need to tell you. What's it? And it's something kind of bad. And you're probably going to hate me and like cut me out of this show entirely for it. You started well. I did start well. Oh, God. Wait, wait, wait. You just said you wanted people to be mature on the internet. I know. That was... I'm sorry. My bad. It's actually Ubi as in Ubisoft. Ubisoft. <laughs> oh, God. Ubisoft. <laughs> you're Good freaking job. Off, Scott Johnson. <laughs> that was just a Freudian murder right there. I hope Scott Johnson listens to this because... He's the reason I just did that. Uh, well, looks like I broke the solar system. If I say really stupid things like Boobysoft, blame it on that. But you probably realize that there are two very special characters who are almost more important than the hosts themselves. They are, namely, Master Togo and the Gaki. I had that going on, and the Gaki beside me as well, and it was just like, oh dear lord. I mean, when you're just randomly standing there healing, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear, Oh, Togo, I just want to get through this already, shut up! Maybe the Gaggy can replace Togo. But in spite of that, Relics of War would be nothing without all the amazing guests, and you, the listeners, who have made this show what it has become. Let's get the intro going like we should. Yes, this is the uh, Relics of War podcast. This Captain Martin Long. <laughs> Portal was never released in the UK. It was banned oh, really? for being... Yeah, it's just because the packaging was too orange. The orange box? Oh, wow. Also, you're loquacious as hell. Look that up, bastard. A word used a lot in our hands, usually when I remove my underwear. Or, or the smithy could be a guy who stands all the way across the room and shouts at you, Hey, how's the rash? Check this out, you 1080p. Oh my god, what's it doing to me? I got a cold now. The end of this show, like, it's gonna go quiet, and then all of a sudden you're gonna hear Smithy say, Can I be the whole? I'm as bad as Google Voice transcription. Crack at the work. Crack at the court. Lunch bags were crystal. I mean, if I was if I was Google Voice, I would have said, like, crack a lacking. I can't even read. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you tolerate working on Gert. Just find word shapes that look offensive, and I delete posts. <laughs> if you, if anyone brings up Farmville, I swear to God, I'm gonna throw my microphone oh. out the window. Farmville, Farmville, oh, no. Farmville. <laughs> Farmville sucks. I will find you in Canada, Chaz. So politics, dinosaurs, Blue's Clues. All our foreign listeners are like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Oh, Guild Wars. There we go. Yeah. With a notorious PIG involved, I don't want to know what those other things were. <laughs> um, apparently, Raiden loves Tony's balls. <laughs> Hey, we're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> All your alliance mates are going to be pissed. Hey, Chuck, that's awesome. That chick walked into the bar, and the person at the bar started talking to her. And the bartender said, you're going to love my nuts. <laughs> you know, this kind of reminds me of the relationship between Guildcast and Relics of War. I'm not going to say who is which one, but let's just say Guildcast is a little simpler than us and easier to use. And, um, I Chaz... You should be on Twitter more, dude. You should tweet, like, stuff. I don't care what, just tweet something. So did he pass out? I, I don't know. <laughs> Yes, welcome to the Relics of War podcast. Once again, that nice little mashup was put in the wrong order, as longtime listeners all would know, but it was just so epic. And that was brought to you by the one and only Christian 
or Sea Squirrel Run. I'm going to call you by what you know yourself as Mr. Christian as Preston Esquire. <laughs> I led right into that and totally... Anyway, ugh. how you doing, man, since you're here with us? I'm doing good. Yep, I'm doing a great intro so far, huh? <laughs> you've, uh, you've named me by every name you have so far named me in all the other podcasts. Other than Precious, but now we've taken care of, of that course. as well. <laughs> <laughs> and also with us today is Tasha with SIRadio.FM. How are you doing, Tasha? Hello, folks. Yeah, I'm here, and I'm okay. Um, I'm survived after the weekend. It was good, but yeah. That was a good weekend, wasn't it? Oh, wait, yes. you guys weren't with me. Well, I had a good weekend. I went to go see Jonathan Coulton in London, so I had a good weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. I would go to see anything in London. I just want to go to London. Well, you know, you've got an interview. Interview? you got invitation at any time. That's true, both you and Smithy. Speaking of Smithy, I'm putting little bits of a call that we had a couple weeks ago, and I'm sticking them at the end of the show. And uh, I had to take out all the naughty parts, which means, that, like, out of 45 minutes, you guys get three. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Do I get yeah. the naughty parts for future mashups? Oh, well, that's I, I can give it to you, and you can. <laughs> God, man, they're bad though. They're really bad. Smithy is—he's just a little too good at fishing that stuff out of you. But maybe I might let you hear it. Um, he's British. What do you expect? Exactly the standard fare over there. From what I—I mm-hmm. I don't know. I still think he's a special breed. Oh, he is extra special, but. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. It's been three weeks now. Dang. Three weeks, right? Since our last episode. Yeah, I think so. Yep. But this this is episode number 42, and we all know 42 is the answer to everything. And it's also the anniversary show, and it's going to be the episode where we release the Gemini duet. So you get three lots of awesome in one. Yeah. this is gonna, Other than it might be a super long show. We're not sure yet. Cause That's awesome, too. In For some people, yes. If you <laughs> check the... It's funny, the polarized reactions you get to that. It was too long! And then other people over here going... I could listen to this all day. I'm like, you really want that? Because you might go a little crazy. Yeah, you don't want to listen to us all day. I think that does strange things to people. Mm-hmm. Because they wouldn't even know. Like, if I watch Braveheart, I start to adapt to that accent, and I walk away from there, and I'm like wanting to say, but I want to go. But um, if you listen to our podcast for too long, you don't know which freaking accent to even go with, because you've been <laughs> listening to four or five different ones. But yeah... As that podcast, or podcast, that mashup made evident, we have a lot of personalities, accents, and uh, viewpoints on this show. It's really awesome. Yeah. So, you, so you've written down here in the show notes some features of what we've achieved over the past year. Yes, Tasha compiled these, and this was well done. Thanks. I think I had too much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be honest. So well, for, for those well, who can't see it, do you want to tell us what we've done? Okay, yeah, she- this might be episode 42, but we've actually already done 42 podcasts because there was 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a roundtable of the Guildcast. We've done two interviews with John Stummy. Had over 21 people on the podcast itself. Regular audiences of over 1,000 listeners. Made around about 50 hours of audio for free, might I add. Um, we've got a full 100-person guild in Guild Wars, uh, leading a full alliance as well. We've built a Minecraft world with a storage footprint of nearly 700 megabytes. I checked with Ben. Nice. Uh, we've made over 5,000 forum posts, over 100 non-podcast blog posts, and over 700 blog comments. And so thank you, guys. That's all before the game was even released. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> I can't wait to see what happens when, uh, well, yeah. We're talking win or if, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> taking it out of them enough. Well, <laughs> if you go by Duke, nu- Duke Nukem Forever, I think win is the question as opposed yeah. to if. 
Uh, you know, five years in five years. But no, case of the ass, I'm over it now because I've got my blue moon right here. I'm sipping on a blue moon during the show. So if you hear a belch, you now know what to attribute it to. I keep wanting to say belch and waffle. That's a <laughs> terrible play on jokes right there. That is. That is. Yes. Well, um, but yesterday, I also have to just um, say this. And in the past three weeks, a crap load of stuff has happened. I think I already mentioned that I got a promotion at work, kind of. I uh, I almost tore off two fingers yesterday water skiing. Uh, that was fun because the rope was like looped around my hand, but not actually touching it. So I didn't notice it in the water. You know, it's just kind of floating there in a circular shape. And then my father-in-law hits the gas to actually pick me up so I can go skiing. And the thing wraps down around both my fingers and I jerked my hand back so fast. If I didn't, it probably would have pinched off the tip of my ring finger. Ouch. So that was pretty awesome. And then at another point, we were we found some people who ran out of gas on their boat. So we were towing them back. Well, they shut off the motor, so that, you know I was doing the right thing, waiting for it to shut off. But I still jumped in and smacked my arm on the motor anyway, so I got a goose egg. I don't even know if I should call it ostrich egg. This thing is huge. And Uriah has an uncanny knack for hitting it. But at least it's a diversion from a back shot. I'm so sick of that. Little boys, man. If you get little boys, get a cup. Even you moms, just in case. All right. So Sound advice, I think. Yes. And so I want to also... Uh, say that this episode goes out to my good buddy, Robert. I'm gonna miss you, dude. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't the type of dude to make things sad, so let's make this, let's make this good. Uh, sequel Scuttlebutt. Did you ever notice that Scuttlebutt has the word butt in it? <laughs> Just saying. Well, what we're gonna do for this expansion is, uh, we're gonna take all the existing models and reskin them. Ah, oh, for crying outside. Someone get us a new MMO, or I'll stab my ear with this pestle! Uh, I can't find it, so I'm gonna snap. There, there we go. So that for today's sequel, what's that? That was the bumper. That I I didn't really feel like taking the time to sit there and scroll for it. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe Fair I'll enough. just leave me snapping in there now, so people will be like, "What the crap?" <laughs> <laughs> what we do for podcasting sometimes is if I'm too lazy, I'll just snap like that, and it creates a spike in the audio, and then I can just go and you know insert it there. Right. Glad Smithy wasn't there for that phrase. Um. So <laughs> sequel scuttlebutt today. Uh, we're gonna talk of news of a factual nature about Guild Wars Two, which is uh the biggest one would be from Tap Repeatedly. Big interview with John Peters and Jonathan Sharp. Uh, tell me about this, Christian. What did you gather? Okay. So this interview is pretty long and pretty in depth too. It's interesting read. I'll be honest and say I mostly skim read it and tried to look for the. Uh, questions that would lead to answers that we didn't already know. Um, so I think generally it, it was a lot of talk about the professions for Guild Wars 2 and how those that have been released um, have been developing since they've been released. So the Elementalists that was released last April, so it's over a year old, and it, um, they were saying it's quite different now to compared with when it was released uh, and so one of the other changes, um, sort of more marked changes, was the Necromancer and Death Shroud. Um, they said they were having problems with Death Shroud, and so it no longer activates as the down state for Necromancers, so they just get a normal down state. And it that's, doesn't um, that's bad news to me. Yeah. I was kind of looking forward to that. And the other cool thing about it that they've now taken away is the whole rewind effect. Mm -hmm. But I can kind of see their reasoning for that. Um, they were saying the problems were with positioning um, in relation to your the people, you know, your teammates or your party 
party mates. And um, if you enter Death Shroud and then rewind, you're caught out of position compared with where everyone else is now. Mm, I could also see people rewinding into wards or traps or things like that. They mm. don't want to be in. So I think they were saying that with the Necromancer, it was a bit uh, complicated, those mechanics. And so they they tried to simplify it a bit. And maybe with the Elementalist, they're trying to do a bit of the opposite, where it may have been seen to be a bit simple compared with some of the stuff that's coming out now, like the Engineer. And so they're just making sure that um, that they're developing it in more detail as well. What I'm a little afraid of, though, is is it possible that they've accidentally dropped the bad news of a two-sided coin, like there's also good news for what they've done, and they just didn't say that? Because that kind of... It's kind of shoddy because that, that's kind of bad press where it's not needed, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, with the Necromancer, yeah, it was tough to see the upside. Um, but we can't really, I mean, like we always say, we can't really judge until we play. So it'd be interesting to see in a few months with the new demos and stuff um, how the Necromancer plays and what is is unique about them now other than, well, I mean, Death Stroud's still pretty interesting in itself and that you get a new skill bar but without mm-hmm. any other mechanics it's not all that unique yeah it almost sounds like it's going to be similar to stealth that assassins not assassins thieves have mm. I need to stop doing that <laughs> I do it too don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of glad to see the elementalist getting a go over again because I was starting to feel like the elementalist and the warrior actually are feeling quite bland I mm-hmm. guess Mm-hmm. And it's, it'll be good to see how they come out at the end of it all, really. And they actually did confess that as they go along each profession, it's a slightly more uh, complicated, complex mm-hmm. profession, I guess. They actually said that. So the beginning ones were, like the simple ones, warrior and elementalist. So it's like, well, I'm probably not going to be playing that. Of course, there's also the possibility that some professions will be, um, at a basic level, easy to play. But yeah. then they can have a really high skill cap. And yeah. those are pretty fun. I I usually find myself playing the ones that are just pain in the ass to play, and you spend a couple months figuring out how the hell to play it, and then everybody's like, hey, there's that person that's really good at that profession, unlike everybody else. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, that I think Irina likes to think that every profession will be like that to a certain degree. Like, you can pick them up and play you know, fairly easily uh, in, in a short amount of time, but that they all have their own high skill caps in their own way. They um, talked about a warrior from, I think, in Guild Wars, um, the last Pride, I think it was a Korean guild, and they were talking about how this warrior was doing things with positioning in Guild Wars and their warrior um, that they hadn't seen anyone else doing and no one else was doing to the same extent that they were. So even though you might think that a warrior at the moment looks a bit bland, I think ArenaNet wants to say that with positioning and, and... and all the other things that are so key in Guild Wars 2, um, you can make it a really interesting class to play. Mm. And then they said, they said, no such thing as full support or full damage builds or professions. Which we kind of yeah. knew that, didn't we? Yeah, but it, people still um, think, oh, I can roll a guardian and just go full support, and I can be like a monk. And they're just kind of reiterating that there isn't a way to set your build or your bar up like that you will always have offensive and other skills mixed in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
one of the other things that's been quite big over the last couple of weeks, obviously with the engineer release, is all the little um, details that people are getting up in arms about, like the uh, flashing and beeping of the mines. Oh my god! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so some people think it's a problem because it um, it's not it doesn't fit in the Guild Wars two world. And the counter argument, of course, is. ArenaNet is making this world, so they can do whatever they want. And so they were asked in this interview, uh, is there uh, an answer yet to why the mine flashes and beeps? And they simply say, because you need to be able to see it. Fair enough. Yeah. So (laughs) you come up with whatever law um, reason you want for why they flash and beep, but if they didn't, then everyone would be crying about the fact that mines are hard to see and that they're OP. Mm Mm-hmm. It was actually quite nice to see in that interview in that sort of area they were talking about the engineer and the sort of spread of the professions that they kind of see this sort of main six, so like the warrior, the elementalist, necro, etc. They see those as kind of like their core six Guild Wars professions and the guardian as being like a foot in the past and the engineer being a foot in the future. Because they were talking as well about um, all the different professions that got dropped and were in along the way. So they went up to about 12 professions at one mm. point and dropped down to seven or something like that. And saying that, you know, that kind of gave them a nice spread of different professions as well as keeping it law relevant. And yeah. it's also the thing is that if, if you don't think the mind should flash or beep, just complain enough and maybe they might change it. If they change all <laughs> the professions as they go along, just just whine. Seriously, just go and whine. Which is what people are doing. Yeah. Well, they're giving it their all. <laughs> and, and it might just make you feel better. Just just don't do it on the Reddit site, please. <laughs> yeah. I applaud you, people. And then, of course, the last point you had here is Rangers are still crap. Yeah, so they they openly admitted to the fact that they're still not happy with Rangers and namely the fact that their main, their main mechanic, the pet, still doesn't work properly. Um, but they said, don't worry, uh, the AI, or at least they, they assured us that they're working on the AI and it's been improved. there are some improvements that have been made and that that will be coming through over the next few weeks and so they'll be constantly keeping that in check. You should replace it with the animal profession who has a pet ranger. <laughs> that way you play as the animal and you just have a guy stand back there once in a while shooting an arrow or two. And then saying nubbly things just in get guild rid chat. Of the pets. Just get rid of the pets. Seriously. Yeah, I'm not much. Bring back my ranger, myself. damn it. Anyway, <laughs> I'll be that so, like old person in the rocking chair on my porch, just yelling at all the kids with their animals. <laughs> that back in me. my day, we had barrage. <laughs> <laughs> Although speaking of pets, I was uh, playing random arena last night uh, with a hamstorm build, which was fun. <laughs> So it does work. It's okay. Don't whine too much about it. It sucks because every time they go to whine about. (laughs) (laughs) Every time they go to do handstorm, I'm like, "Can I come?" Yeah, sure. Here's the build. I'm like, "Oh yeah. Well, I do have a level 20 ranger, but he's got all of my crap on him. He's my mule. Yep. So that's probably not going to happen since I haven't bought a single skill on him either. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I have a PvP slot for my ranger. I need to do that. Yeah. No, I can give them funny names too, the strangest names. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, what's this? Gamerzine. I've actually never been to this site before. But a broad overview of Guild Wars 2 with no real 
new news, other than further mention of mini pets returning. Better prepare to keep rolling ranger mules, as I was just talking about. <laughs> yeah. So that was not an intentional segue, but there you go. <laughs> so this was the other interview that we had the last week um, with Eric Flanham, but uh, not really anything particularly revealing there. Yeah, so that's about that's about the gist of it. I mean, there was nothing over those last three weeks that was really all that big other than that interview right there. I can't think of anything else. Wait one second. I saw something come through on my stream today, and I forgot to add it into the show notes. <laughs> I think the only thing on the blog that was new was that for anyone in Seattle, lucky bastards that live near ArenaNet, there's a concert play a video game symphony is going to um, present Jeremy Soule's music from the game in a concert. Oh, no way! Yep. Oh, wow. So on the June 21st and 22nd, if you're in Seattle, that would be something amazing to go listen to. I hate you, Seattle. <laughs> Just because I'm jealous. Absolutely. Right. Here it is. Um, another thing from Gamerzine. Um... They also said, Eric Flanham also said that Guild Wars 2 will not get the standalone expansion treatment that it got in Guild Wars. Oh. So, um, they said that the addition of Factions of Nightfall, um, split the player base, um, and it made them have to focus on things they didn't really want to, or they were kind of redundant, like making new starter areas and all the rest of it. Um, so they're probably not going to, um, like release the expansions as standalone content. So it'd be more like other MMOs where something big just comes on and it's like an expansion that is just a furthering. Yeah, I think yeah. there. That's cool. I, I actually like that very much. Alright, so let's speculate. Do we have anything for Speculator's Corner here? Yeah, we do. Let's do this. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard that Norman are really tall. That's just speculation. What would you like to speculate on today, Mr. Christian, in his grey text in the outline? <laughs> well, the, uh, <clears throat> sorry, there are um, those conventions that ArenaNet is going to uh, still a little way away, but I figured we could, with not much else to speculate on, um, we can speculate on what we'd like to see at those conventions, like Gamescom and PAX, and what we will actually see. So the, we... the wishful thinking and the Realistic thinking. What we want to see are good-looking people in cosplay. What we're <laughs> going to get are the unsavory sorts in cosplay. Oh, and see, I was thinking of actually doing cosplay this year. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't now, just for you, Ryan. Because no, you no, want to see me like that. If, if I, I, I may go to a con sometime soon. I, it'll probably be one in Denver or something, because I don't have the type of schedule that has that flexibility. But... I have been challenged by my sister-in-law to go in some sort of a cause. Now, obviously, it'll be like a steampunk thing where I'm actually wearing a sufficient amount of clothing. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see me see my butt. <laughs> but there are a lot of 40-year-old men. <clears throat> they seem to think they'd be good Sailor Moon. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. interesting. You do see some rather shocking things. But uh, I had a, I've got a friend who's coming to Gamescom with me, and he wants to dress up as an engineer. And uh, I kind of thought that if he was going to go dressed up, that I, I would kind of tag along and not be the only loser in the party. I would do right? that. I would but do I'm that trying too. To, I'm trying to work out what I can wear that is not going to be ridiculously hot in a convention because every time I go to Germany, it is absolutely baking. And you have to go and find like 
the coldest place, which is usually miles away from wherever the like blue booths are. Yeah, so, they can't even um, keep their beer cold. No, it, it it's actually it's really really impressive, especially when you get the crowds as well. So my big wish for the upcoming convention is more space on the NCSoft stand and more um, terminals, like more PCs to play on, because A, queuing for like two hours to play Guild Wars 2 is just stupid, um, and getting them all scrunched up on that stand is just not a good idea either, so I'm, more space I'm blocks. Sure, pretty sure Sean would also ask for keys that you can read <laughs> on the keyboard. So that he doesn't get stuck with another press 6? It's 6! It's 6, dumbass! <laughs> He's like, leave me alone, my house almost got smashed by a tree, okay? <laughs> But uh, what would I actually, as a serious question, like to see? I would like to see um, the Silvari. Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll be seeing that. And I would like to see what they are. I, I want to see some engineer gameplay, like, and Guardian, both of those. Well, and I we think saw, we will be getting those. We saw Guardian gameplay. Yeah, that's true. We did see quite a bit of that. At PAX East. It's, it's nicer to see people who don't work for ArenaNet trying it out. Because you get a better idea of how a person who is trying to learn it is going to deal with it. Yeah. There's a little bit more flavor you get out of that. Unless it's a total, you know, a person who only knows how to hit six. <laughs> I kind of like to see the Azure in this playable race. But That's true. Germany. We haven't seen that. Yeah, I think, I hope we'll see the Silvari at least revealed between now and then. That's quite a nice, big, juicy um, news and hype um, drop that they can... They can get get people interested in Guild Wars before the conventions, um, but yeah, I guess we probably won't see them playable. Uh, yeah. But the Asura, yeah, for sure. That that kind of we've had the we haven't had their race week, have we? No, not yet. No. Not so yet. there's another one that we could potentially have, and yeah, I see them more likely to be a playable race. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think we'll see the, the Mesmer or the last class? I'd, I'd like to say yes, because if nothing else, that kind of points towards beta being around the corner. Mm -hmm. But I worry whether, I mean, I think we're pretty much guaranteed it's going to be Mesmer or Mesmer-like, in the sense yeah. that it's going to play with people's minds, is what they've said before. So I think it might be possibly harder for people to pick up in a convention setting than the other classes, possibly. So I don't know whether they might just leave it out at like Gamescom and have it at PAX. Maybe I don't know. They, they might do something different there. Mm -hmm. And I... so, um, if we say they had all the professions, or even just a, just maybe six playable professions, I suppose it's less likely with six. But if they if they had all professions at a demo, do you think they'd also maybe do a, a, a PVP experience? Yeah, I was or is just that thinking still too that. far away? I think if they had all the professions in and doing just world versus world versus world, I think mm. that would probably be interesting. But the problem is that I think those battles would take more than 40 minutes to yeah, run. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. It might be nice. I mean, some of the previous conventions they've, they've done, um, like tournaments where you can sign up, uh, like on the first day or what have you, and then basically submit yourself as a team of three or five people and they'll put teams together ad hoc that, that were there and then you'll come back at a lot of times over the next few days and play matches against certain people so they might kind of do something like that possibly I don't know whether they might just restrict 
it down or give us a preview of some more formal PvP. I think it'd be nice to see at any rate. Yeah, yeah people having mutual turtle agreements. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think the the trouble with the uh, the five vs five and that format of the PvP is that it's going to be so heavily reliant on all the professions being finished to give yeah. a better, you know, a good impression and balanced. Otherwise, people are going to be whining and complaining about um, imbalances and and everything, which they'll do anyway when the game is released. Mm-hmm. But well, they will. Arena but Net, go on. Arena, Arena Net will. I think it's better for them to keep the um, five plus five. You know, their high competitive PvP format under wraps in terms of people playing it until it's totally finished and polished. But is there not the danger then that because they've been playing it in-house so long, they only really know how it's going to play at a high level, whereas if they played it at a convention, you get all the people who were just basically turned up and went, this looks fun, I'll sign up for this, and just sat down and started playing it, and maybe improving their experiences trying to come in, because that's the kind of progression you need to create a competitive PvP scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can kind of do that in, in beta, but you don't get that total um, fresh-faced naivety or whatever of the of the yeah. convention. Yeah, I mean, let's players. face it, anyone who's going to be in the Guild Wars 2 community and in playing beta is going to be, you know, pretty well-versed in yeah. what's All what. All they have to do, though, is uh, buy a whole bunch of beer, have a beer party. <laughs> And have two people stay sober, and then like halfway through the night, they're like, "All right, you guys are so plastered and stummy. You suck when you're drunk." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they're like when they're playing during the conventions. To be honest, yeah, probably. Now you just see that scrub. Oh shit! <laughs> after after killing the Shatner for like the last th- like thirty times, you must be getting thinking, "I need to get a beer out." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're you know when it's at Gamescom. It's in the middle of the night for them as well. Isn't yeah, it? the convention opens at one o'clock in the morning. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot to say please. Take it. For the bar brawl, we have a couple questions here. Yeah, we have the one from the week before last because I thought it would be interesting to chat about, mm-hmm. and the one from this week just because it's silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the serious question is, what do you want from the Mesmer in terms of mechanics, like unique mechanics? Oh, yeah, that was a good one. And I didn't because... think of anything for it. <laughs> There have been all those, all these different ideas, and almost f- right from the start, um, the idea of con, like you know, the the iconic skill conjure phantasm, and making it literal, so you literally conjure a phantasm. But the problem is that would be a pet class or a, or a minion class, which we have in the in the ranger and the necromancer. Mm-hmm. So personally, I'm kind of stuck. I don't really, I don't really know what. What we'll see, I think, um, it's going to be a wonderful surprise when we finally f- see what the Mesmer has to offer. I keep well, thinking I... that like something very inappropriate could be summoned by something that's trying to mess with your head. 
If you know what I mean, especially when it's a bunch of gamer boys that are playing. <laughs> Personally, I kind of like to be able to um, shapeshift into another nearby ally. Ooh. And Ooh. actually take on their skills as well. So you could go from having like, you have your Mesmer skills as well, but you like shapeshift into the Guardian because you need a little bit extra defense. Oh, those little, those little quips that they have. I want the Mesmer, if they can do that, I want the Mesmer to have one where when someone dies, they go, Shang Tsung wins. Anybody play Mortal Kombat? No. No. Oh. Some, <laughs> someone laughed out there. <laughs> yeah, that I like that. I that idea of the shape shifting is interesting, um, and it it kind of I don't know maybe rings true with what the, they were saying about how the last profession is going to be more complex than the engineer in terms of the skill swapping and that kind of stuff. I think that was at least hinted at. So that could be a possibility. I mean, the main thing for me from Mesmer is that I think the illusion line is going to become a lot more prevalent because the domination line, well, all the hexes are going to be replaced by conditions anyway, and interruption, mm -hmm. direct interruption is out now. They basically said no interruption at all, which makes me very, very sad. Um, but we haven't seen blackout being used, which does interrupt your next spell. So I'm reckoning that would be a Mesmer unique thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, I mean... I'd like to be able to have like a battlefield where you weren't sure which of the two copies of the person you were looking at was the Mesmer and was the actual person. And, you know, it's not until several seconds later that you actually realize which one it is. So if you had like an assassin in your party and you're in PvP, you could basically copy, clone yourself into the Mesmer, into, sorry, into the, assassin, the thief and like, both go into stealth, and one of you run off, and one of you go and res someone. I just think that'd be such a mindfuck. <laughs> it would suck you, if you turn if you like chose the person closest to you without looking, and it was a mesmer that looked just like you. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't work so well. Or if Master Togo survived, he <laughs> <laughs> turned into him. Why or is everything coming after oh, me? Oh man, trying to call me, you just like automatically win. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the um. The question is, I mean, a lot of the ideas for the Mesmer's mechanic revolve around screwing with people's minds, and that works really well and is really interesting to do in PvP, but then doesn't work at all in PvE. Yeah, no, I agree. So, and, of course, the mechanic is going to have to be something that works in both, otherwise the Mesmer's get shafted, or, the, you know, the last profession gets shafted in terms of PvE. Yeah. Did you had any you... More thoughts, What's that? You had any more thoughts on unique mechanic? No, I don't think about the mesmers too much. The one thing I would think of though is if fear is in there, then maybe something of a silencing nature could also be used. Yeah, that'd be nice. By them, but yeah. that's not really so much messing with someone's head. I guess it kind of is, but it's more like um, I don't know. It's more like an Agent Smithism. How can you call someone when you cannot? <laughs> And then the second Barbara question was, which NPC would you like to save from the ravages of time and bring into Guild Wars 2, if you could? And actually, a lot of people have been saying oink, which is really surprising. And pigs, <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know about oink, he's a uh, a warthog in Divinity Coast mission? No. Uh, Gates of Kryter, Gates I think. of Kryter. yeah. One of the Prophecies missions. And he, ta he, if you run up to him, he'll tag along with you for the rest of the mission. And he's a tank. 
He's absolutely indestructible. It's fantastic. Yeah. The one I'm going to love to see lost in the ravages of time is Danica. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I was to have to save anyone, it would have to be Lucas, just because his quips are so awesome. <laughs> it's true. Poorly done. Let me show you how a real professional does it. <laughs> um, I, I wrote that I'd bring back Norgu just to piss Spirit off. <laughs> And to give Guild Wars 2 some Norgu love. I think I would probably try and save Menlo, just because I kind of like having him around. He's kind of a favorite among the ladies, isn't he? Well, it's quite <laughs> funny. That's true. <laughs> All the lines that they give Sin about being annoyed with him. It's really funny. <laughs> and he's always flirting with all the other henchmen. Yeah. Well, he likes to make people feel good. <laughs> okay. So there's that, and notice nobody said Togo. <laughs> Did anyone? Oh, uh, comments? You know I can't remember. I I'll be honest and say I don't usually read the bar broad comments until I'm either writing the next one or I'm writing the audio. Um, right. I'm just, I, uh, no, I'm looking through it now. Yes, we did have someone. Um, Benabu, he's from Pig. He said mm -hmm. he'd bring back Master Togo because. Bastard. So that newcomers listening back to Relics of War don't have to scratch their head when Ryan is raging at him again. Bastard. <laughs> I said again. <laughs> that explanation, that caveat, that didn't work. I like Gryback's one, actually. I would take a leisure with me so that I could run through a street shouting, See, monks were not very useful 250 years ago. <laughs> Losing them wasn't that bad. <laughs> was Alicia a monk, though? I mean... Yeah, well. yeah, she's she's a monk with healing touch, so she runs the front line all the time. And she has a, a sword, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember that. Do you I know what? It's did... been so, so long since I've actually used her at all. I just look at her and go, yeah, right, yeah. I'll take Lena. Those it's... prophecies henchmen suck so bad. <laughs> Orion and his, yay, everything's dead. Firestorm. Firestorm. <laughs> it's like, even if that went off when it was necessary, it would have sucked. <laughs> of course, now I've got uh, Vec. No, it's only Sasuke that does it. Vec is pretty good about it for whatever reason. I know there's no difference between the AI. But if I choose Sasuke, Sasuke, I don't know how to say his name. Um, if I put Meteor Shower on his bar, he celebrates with a Meteor Shower. It's like, really? <laughs> That's worse than Firestorm because now you're exhausted. <laughs> Dumbass. Well, my, my Vec, he does celebrate with Firestorm. So, I think I, I took yours, Meteor, yours meteor Shower. I'm sorry, what was that? Yours is obviously superior to mine. Yeah. Well, with Vec, I think it's because I took off uh, Meteor Shower and just gave him Meteor. So yeah. he's kind of like, celebration! <laughs> Throws a Meteor. <laughs> Fancy shot put. Okay. Now you say that, I've realized that my Zed usually celebrates by using Churning Earth. Yeah. Well, there we uh, go. I don't, I don't take fire, I only take, like, Earth. So, yeah. Yeah. Well... I'll be honest, if I'm playing on my Elementalist, I oftentimes, I'm like, alright, let's get this Meteor Shower off, and then, like, all of a sudden you see everybody else finish their cast, I'm like, I'm only halfway through. And then everything <laughs> dies, it's like, shit, I just pulled a Sasuke. <laughs> and everyone's kind of like, who just set off the Meteor Shower? Um, not me. And nobody else has even Elementalist as a secondary. <laughs> Alrighty, so, um, pro tips. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. Yep, so the episode just started. Pro tips. We're going to talk about the changes to Guild Wars, and I'm going to take a big guzzle of this beer while you guys discuss. 
Right, so uh, a couple of weeks ago there was a new Guild Wars update. The main big thing for me was there was a ladder reset and it felt like it was 2006 again. I loved that. That was great. Um, oh, so you um, liked it. Yeah, well, it's been so long since there's been a ladder reset and it's it's really, really strange. They went from having like a ladder reset every 12 weeks to having like none for three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the dwindling population, there was just so many like people had such bad like rating and rank and it it's been so long since you know a lot of people that the people who accrued that bad rating have like long left the game it's not really representative of anyone anymore so I, I, yeah i'm i'm all for the reset because there's nothing else it's put miss back to square one or zero <laughs> as it was so mm-hmm. yeah i like it anyway uh coins are now tradable and there's new um, available items for gold Zyshin coins. If you are crazy enough to get 100 gold ones, you get some new Envoy weapons. Yeah. That's mm. pretty pretty expensive right there. Are yeah. they sexy? Um, kind of. The sword's all right. Also, to, sorry. I was just going to say that to me, the coolest weapons still remain the undead weapons you get from the bonus mission pack. I can't like the Tengu ones, but... Yeah, they're good too. Yeah. I liked the Jade shield from that one, or the Mersart shield. Mm, yeah. um, so these Envoy weapons, do you think this is the foreshadowing of new weapons in Cantha Winds of Change, like the Oppressor weapons? Well, possibly. Um, there were some other clues about Cantha in the update. Um, mm-hmm. Like They've now made it so there's a guild rank emote. Um, so if you do slash guild, you now get like a, a an envoy appear um, from the Canton storyline, and that kind of represents what rank your guild is on the ladder. Except that if you have no rank, you get access to all four at the Not moment. Not anymore. Oh, really? I think. Yeah, okay. they fixed that like a couple of days ago. There's been right. quite a lot of updates the last sort of week or so. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's like being back in 2006 again, <laughs> seeing that there's a new build of Guild Wars is available. Like constantly it's almost like, again and again. It's almost like there are people actually working on the game again. I know. It's, <laughs> it's shocking. And with them moving offices this week as well, it's been like crazy. So. Yep. Um, there's also now PvP quests. You can get strong boxes and get some random stuff out of those. But there's only, I think you can only do each PvP quest once per account. Yeah. So it's like mm. an introduction to. Random Arena and Codex Arena, and all you have to do is show up in one match, and then you get another quest, and that's to win one match. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't done that now. Yeah, I have to. I just it. did that um, last night. Did you get anything good out of the box? Um, I. Or did you sell it? Because there's a lot of people are selling theirs. I think. Yeah, they're worth an ecto at the moment. I haven't opened mine, but um, I know some people in in my guild they open them for party points and sweet points. But yeah. I think there are some minis as well that you can get dropped from them. Yeah, I'm just going to have a quick look and see what you can get out of them. Yeah. I got a white bow staff from one. Who wants, an ec- who's wants to give me an ecto for this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can get some alcohol, creme brulees. There's like special um, like things for alcohol, sweet and festival items. I think they give you 50 points to each. You get those some unique weapons. Uh, miniature Guild Lord out of one of them, um, and also some Everlasting Tonics as well. Uh, what else is there? 
Miniature Ghostly Priest, Miniature Rift Warden, and a Miniature High Priest Sang as well. So, the Priest of Balthazar Tonic, if you want that. Interesting. So yeah, there's some various different things you can go and get out of those. So if you've never tried PvP before, go try it out. Um, they made some PvP titles easier, like RA and Codex. You now get them from your second win, or is it third win? Uh, it's every consecutive win after your second win. Rather than the five that it used to so, be. Yeah, and you get bonus points for every five wins. So after five, you get an, one extra bonus point. After 10, you get two, all the way up to 25, at which point you get kicked back into the random arena for a new team. Mm -hmm. um, and they've also adjusted current titles as well to compensate for making them easier. Um, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I they did a bit because I used to have 65 gladiator points and I've now just got rank one. Right, yeah, I I noticed I had 120 gladiator points and I didn't think I'd done that much random arena. <laughs> I definitely hadn't done that much RA. I hate RA with a passion. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, possibly the best bit of it although was that Faction Gathered in Jade Quarry and Fort Aspenwood and Alliance Battles now accrues um, Imperial Faction, which you can then change into Kurzik for basically the same rate, one-to-one, -one, and slightly lower rate to Balthazar Faction. So you not only get the Balthazar Faction from doing the actual battles, you now also can get more slice and keys from doing all those kind of formats as well. Yeah. That's odd. So it's like if you went to fight in the Australian oh, military services, and you came back to the U.S., and you're like, look how much I did for them. Do I get any commendations here in the U.S.? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like them. Yeah, I think so... it's just to try and balance out the sides... Because oh, I don't blame exactly. them for doing it exactly. at all. Yeah. So I can finally um, go run Alliance Battle Hamstorm with everyone else in the in the Alliance and still trade it in for Kurzik faction. That's kind of bogus, though. <laughs> <laughs> Killing Kurziks for Kurzik faction. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but that was really good because it immediately reinvigorated um, all those arenas, especially Fort Aspenwood. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a um, popular place now. Everyone uh, and a lot of people play on the Kurzik site because it's perceived to be easier. Mm -hmm. But that's a different QQ fest. <laughs> Good thing Chaz ain't here. And they've also <laughs> added into AB, into the outpost, like spies, so you can switch to the other side without having to have a get ah, guild yeah, right. invite as well, which is quite nice. Wow. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. It was a huge update. Titan Quest go hard mode. Oh, yes. Titan Quest yes. has gone to hard mode, and I haven't done them yet. I've done a few of them, um, and they are they are hard. I need, I, know, I need stuff to do, so... I, I just want to say that's what she said, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Ryan, you came along with us for, for one of them, or you tried with Loudon. Right, but I, I didn't have the quest, neither no. did he, so we're both kind of like whispering back and forth how everyone else is a nub sauce, and everyone was dying, and we're like, ha-ha, look at these guys dying. <laughs> He's like, wait a second, I'm the assassin. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's those Titan quests are the, the ones that um you could do after you finished uh the prophecy storyline missions. You could go to Drockner's Forge and you could get the quests from the vision of Glint to basically go and finally tidy up all the mess around prophecies with the Titans. 
you basically go clear up after yourself after you made a mess of everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. basically. After She's... you stole her egg and killed her <laughs> just because you wanted a freaking status update. <laughs> Bastards. Well, I've those just... Titan quests are hard enough on normal mode. Well, they, yeah. at least yes. they used to be. They used to yeah. be, especially the last day dawns. So that's incredibly hard for the suicidal king. So yes, yes, we did that. Of course, we had to do them um, in normal mode because not everyone had done them yet. And last day dawns, we managed that fine. I mean, yeah, it was tough, but we did all right in normal mode. I haven't done it in actually. We did try it in hard mode and. Or you didn't get very far at all with a four-man team. Of course, you got the option to run for about an hour from Temple of Ages, and then get you can get an eight-man team. But I th I heard that a couple of people in our guild have managed to do it, um, just with four four people. So wow. Well, I think not having me as one of your healers is going to help a lot <laughs> if you got to do that. I think they did. They had an um, hybrid heal prot monk in Odin. And then Spirit was ST Rit. And then I can't remember what they had for their heroes. And then, oh, ArenaNet moved office. I didn't know about this. They're still in Seattle, just a new office. Yeah, they moved to a new building. Yeah. Is it still kind of open so that everybody can still chit chat and not get anything done? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I saw a photo, and it was just, or at least the only photo I've seen is a, a nice open plan office with just a whole bunch of desks everywhere. That's actually a very that that works. Much as people think the cubicle thing is the way to go, not really. Of course, when it's when it's a team effort like making a game is, it's even that much more helpful. Yeah, I agree. I saw I would tweets love, about uh, Martin taking meetings out on a balcony and stuff. Yeah, I would love to work there just because I could shout across the room and be like, "Hey, Eric, how's the rash?" <laughs> <laughs> I've made that joke before on the show. I could say, "Hey, you don't look so bad from over here." <laughs> the jokes and the mashup. It is, yeah. That's why I realized. Dang it! That yeah. joke isn't even like far <laughs> enough away that it'll sound original. <laughs> Sounds it, recycled. It was. It was from like episode fifteen, so I think so. It was quite a while ago. Yeah. Did you go mental like listening to all those podcasts? No, I actually um, for this one, I actually just listened through all my mashups and took the best bits from those. All right. Okay. I wonder did, if that's what you did. Yeah. You did it the easy way then. Because when I, I was did. doing my ambassador videos, I had to listen to nearly every single podcast in its entirety. Oh I've already God. done that once for, for the mashups. I'm not going to do it again <laughs> for, for an extra mashup. And the worst ones were those, when it's, uh, people that, some people I really wanted to get like snippets on. I was struggling to find quotes from them as well. Mm. I did this the same podcast like three times. <laughs> you know what I do when I edit the show? This is crazy, but in Audacity, you can turn up the speed. So I actually listen yep. to us all in chipmunk form. <laughs> <laughs> and I just listen for little things that I got to take out. And then when it's over, it's like, wow, we just did an episode of Alvin and the Chipmunk. <laughs> but okay, uh, we got some, we got an email from Kaon Frostblade. Uh, he responded, uh, for one thing, he responded to uh, how he said, I, I might be expecting too much of Ryan. I kind of knew he was jacking with me, but he explained that when he was talking about how Guildcast could, uh, I don't even remember what his recommendation was, um, make the shows half as long. Was that it? Yeah. Anyway, See, what was when, he said? When he says Guildcast, does he actually mean us? No. No, no Guildcast was... Guildcast itself. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they don't have the time that they used to. They're yeah. kind of in the same boat as us. Yeah. Just said, um, I was making a reference about how 
in episode 39, I think it was, where you were asking yourself how they could do less episodes than one a week. Because I was like, in their weekly episode this week, and I sat there, I'm like, why did I just reiterate that? So that's what he was responding to. So he wasn't even trying to take the piss out of me, which most people do. So, you know, I was on the defensive. And I can't do that right now because I have an ostrich egg on my arm. He says, back to Guild Wars 2, the engineer looks pretty beast, especially the grenade pack. I also like how the NPCs interact while waiting for you to murder them. <laughs> it adds some depth to the game, as well as ArenaNet keeping their promise that tons of the game will with with be voiced, will be voiced, I think. I was disappointed slightly that Adrenaline doesn't give a damage bonus anymore, but then I realized that that was better, as Tiger pointed out. Thanks for taking the time to make a great podcast for all of us. P.S. Tasha sounded auto-tuned occasionally during the podcast she should record with you guys with the cold more often actually i got my auto-tune plug-in to work and randomly throughout this episode i may or may not auto-tune tasha <laughs> go for it why not just for his listening pleasure actually in the gemini duet it did a little bit in there too do you know what actually what i'd love someone to do is songify us you seen the songify oh, videos yeah oh those are awesome like where it was albert einstein versus um uh, what's his the um Stephen Hawking. Have you seen that one? No. The only two I've seen is the uh, Charlie Sheen one and also the back it up, back it up, back it up lady. That one. Yeah. That's look, the up Albert, look up Einstein versus Hawking. Okay. Plus auto-tune. I think that'll that'll get it for you. God, it was funny. Um, but yeah, I, I can't... You have to... I think in order to do that, you either need the right software or you. what I have is good enough and I just don't have the time to do the tedious little bits and pieces. I can try it sometime, but that would be really cool to hear a songified to some stupid song. <laughs> and that's that. We have no iTunes comments, slackers. We have no calls, slackers. If you want to call us, the number seven zero eight two zero two nine two six two. But we have a little bit about audio to talk about, actually. Actually, let me do, let me announce first of all that here coming up is the rundown, or the bits and pieces from the call between Smithy and myself. And then there was also, back when we were going to try the whole uh, staggered episodes where there's a real episode and then community made, um, there were some submissions. A few were time sensitive, so they're not really worth posting. But then there was a couple that were, and uh, Christians is one of them. It's about the menagerie, so we've got that in here. Gemini duet also coming up. And um, I did that for Japan. Did you listen to it, Ryan? I did. I listened okay. to most of it. Because it's not about the menagerie. <laughs> oh, wait. I thought you were... I thought you were in the menagerie doing a little voice talking yes. about it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I did it was... listen. It's it's not really informative about the menagerie whatsoever. <laughs> no, that's that's what I meant. It's not okay. informative. Yeah, I guess I am doing some false advertising there. It's more like fan fiction of the menagerie, if you are to sum it up. Or news from the menagerie. Or that, yeah. yeah. There was a really cool voice you did. I, I have to imagine your throat hurt. It did. <laughs> I think um, I, I tweeted about it. I think Tashi, you, you might have seen that. Yeah, I, I did. I remember seeing something about it. It killed so me. It'd, it'd be good to hear it finally, because I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, that will be on here. And then um, let's talk about what we're doing for our one year anniversary. And Tasha had an awesome idea for this. So, do you want to take it away? Uh, okay. All I right. can. I can just talk too. Yeah, go for it. You go. Okay. Well, okay. So, um, what we're gonna do is, in order to celebrate this one year anniversary, we're gonna have Audio submissions from you, the listeners, because uh, you guys are awesome. You're the ones who have kept this going. You know, if if this got as many listens as the Face Roll Show did, I guarantee it would be over by now. So, uh, thank you for that. And we are going to reward um, random people who send in audio. you got to be creative when you do this. You're going to tell us, happy birthday. 
Uh, when you send the email, also include in the subject, Relics of Ore and Happy Birthday. And in the most creative way possible, just find a way to do that. And um, there's no other stipulations about it, really. And we will judge this, and we will find out who our first, second, and third place. And we have prizes for that, so let's talk about Let's talk about the prizes here. The first prize is uh, Relics of War merchandise from the Zazzle store of the winner's choice of the value of $40 plus postage. So it can go up to $40. So approximate retail value of the prize package is $50 US dollars. Uh, second place, you'll get a Guild Wars 2 art book. Now, this is one of the following, right? No, no, all of them. It's all of them? Yeah. You are awesome. These are these are by, from Tasha, by the way. So. Guild Wars 2 art book. Wait, they are from you. I didn't just make a false promise. Right? No, no, they are actually from me. Anyway, I, I don't have the Guild Wars 2 art book at the moment, but I'm ordering one so that we will have it by the time that it, it, the winners are decided. But I have the rest of the art books in my possession right now. Yeah, so there's a Nightfall Factions, Nightfall and Factions art books, Prophecies art book, and then a Factions poster. Yeah, I'm not sure which Prophecies art book it is. I'll have to go check, but um, we'll have that on the literature that goes out at some point. Yeah, and that's approximate value of $45 US. One of these is going to end with priceless, huh? <laughs> and then third place is going to get a Guild Wars Nightfall art book, Guild Wars Factions art book, Guild Wars Factions poster, and Guild Wars Prophecies art book. Approximate value, $25 US. And that is completely not a guesstimate. I couldn't actually find anyone who was selling the art books on eBay at all, so I just kind of had to guesstimate. So if you dispute with the price of packages as well, you can. Yeah, I had to and the guesstimate. Facts and the art book's going to turn out to be like $120 because of supply and demand. You'd be like, crap. <laughs> well, do you know what? I picked them up for free at conventions, so I might just pass them on to other people. So it doesn't really matter cool. to me. So um, how to enter? Record your creative birthday message to the Relics of War podcast in English. We uh, speak English here, so we just like the consistency. I do appreciate the other languages, as you'll hear in my conversation with Smithy. Um, well, yeah, people are like, what? While there's no minimum length, entries must be no more than 10 minutes long. You should contain the word Relics of War and Happy Birthday somewhere in your message. That was repetitive. I've already said that. To stop the random trolls just chucking in an MP3 and thinking that's an entry. Exactly, yeah. And then uh, export your message to MP3 or OGG, please. Please don't do WMA. I freaking hate that file format so much. And somebody just went, oh, crap. <laughs> Email your entry to relicsofwar at gmail.com or has two R's in it, JR. With your full name and postal address, this will not be disclosed, by the way. If an online handle is supplied, this will be used instead of your full name in all publications. Please check. Please check you comply. What? Basically, just check the general conditions. The general conditions yes. basically mean you can only enter once, and um, if you enter, we probably will use your submission on an episode of the podcast, so don't send us in some audio if you don't want us to use it, pretty yeah. much. That's it. So the general conditions, they'll be in text on the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing to point out in here, and I like that you placed this, all audio produced by Science Studios is released under Creative Commons license. That is why Christian hasn't been sued up the wazoo for doing mashups of our show. Yeah, but also <laughs> note that don't include like third-party music because it's yeah. going to be a nightmare for us to try and actually trace the fact that we can use it under Creative Commons license, so don't do it. But parody is actually allowed under like freedom of speech or something like that. So parody's fine. You can actually, parody if stuff. You can, if you can supply a link that proves that the song you've supplied is good, I think I'd be willing to accept that. If you want to police that, then, then go ahead. But I just That's didn't want to have a headache. Because I use musicalley.com for the music we do on the show. Or at least I did for a long time. 
And there's like lacuna coil on there and stuff. And it's like, really? Lacuna coil? I can use that without a problem? What? So instead, now I've, I've taken it just tracking bands down. For the most part, our music is all, you know, licensed. You know, yeah. People say, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. So, um, one yeah, other thing I wanted, to, I wanted to point out is that if you get together with a friend and you, like, as a lot of you get together and you record some audio, you can only put one person's name on the email and uh, the name because I need to know who I'm sending the stuff to. Um, and if you want to split the prizes out after that, that's fine. But if you also try and send in the same audio file for like the four or five of you, you're just going to get disqualified, so don't do it. Yeah. But if a lot of you want to get together and record different audio and submit all of those as different things, that's fine. That's legit. I just want different audio from you all, please. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good point. And I had something I was going to say about that. Oh, if you do want to do it with some friends, pro tip, use Skype and download the program Call Graph. It's free. Yeah. I use Audacity Beta to edit. Don't use the full re released one because it's quite behind on features. Yeah. Yes, the beta is so much better. Yeah. But other than other that, than just that... be creative. Write songs. Tell us just like your best impressions and put Ryan to shame. Yeah, and if you want to make, if you want me to auto tune it, uh, no, you'd have to supply the Audacity file, or I'd end up auto tuning the music in the background too, and that sounds shitty. I tried. And you want more work to do? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. You know what? Auto tune yourself. It's called G Snap. <laughs> G Snap. I, I almost said G Spot. <laughs> It's their fault for naming it that. Uh, yeah. um, and this is going to be, you have to get your entries to us by the end of the day UTC next Wednesday, so 22nd, please. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I think that covers it. Um, yes. And now for the embarrassing, and for the Gemini duet, for the love of God, people, don't sit there and say, you guys were off key a couple times. <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't take any voice lessons ever in my life or anything like that. Pretty sure Jim didn't either. And it's also worth note, did I say either? either. And Jim, he was singing to his newborn baby daughter, which makes his side of everything really cute, especially when he goes into the like low baritone silly man that he does. It's so cool. I didn't find that take until just before we started recording here. And I was like, oh my God, I've had these takes forever. And I didn't notice he had one where he screwed around big time. I was laughing my ass off. So Jim stole the show on this. And Jim is right now going, he found that one. I thought I was going to sound stupid. <laughs> Another so thing that, to, um, to point out, if you like the Gemini duet, put your hand in your pocket and donate something to the uh, Japanese Red Cross or chuck it towards our donation pot and we'll pass it on. Yeah. Yeah. For a little while longer, I'll be donating still to um, the, the Japanese relief effort, but I would prefer if you're going to do that, just donate to the Japan Red Cross. I can't track that you did it, but come on, just, you know, you ever seen Pay It Forward? It's like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, guys. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks. And I will end the show with, uh, as, as a little nod to our good man, Ubi Mayor. Ciao. Are we, uh, not doing Wheel of Morality? Oh, what am I doing? Wheel of Morality, hey. Wheel of Morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Tasha. A clear conscience is a sure sign of a bad memory. I'm Never still logging in. What? I'm still logging in over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go now. Never mud wrestle with a pig. You'll both end up dirty, and the pig will like it. <laughs> I like that one. If Facebook says I have 500 friends, where are they on moving day? Consider yourself plus one to pro because you've just finished another episode of the Relics of Ore podcast, a product of Cyan Studios. 
Swing by the website at relicsoforr.com to find our Facebook page, Twitter feed, Steam community, and our forum. Or send us your email or pre-recorded feedback at relicsofor at gmail.com or call us at the U.S. phone number 708-202-9262. How do I get involved? You can join the forum or apply for a future reservation in the Guild Wars 2 Relics of War Guild. Also, you can visit our sponsors at doghousesystems.com to show your support. Just enter the coupon code RELICS after you buy a product, and you'll get $25 of credit towards Jinx merchandise. Alternatively, you can head to the main page and find a link to our merchandise line on Zazzle.com, or just use our PayPal donate button. Be sure to subscribe to our show with whatever podcatcher you use, and if it's iTunes, leave us a professional review that we deserve. We'll read it on the show. Uh, Mark Smithy Smith, how are you today, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, it's fun. When people try to do a Mark English accent, they always tend to go, that was a little bit. And when you said it, I was about to jump into my American accent. And I'd they like realized to... that. Yeah, I can't really do one. That's what I want to hear now is people um, sending in audio and being like, this is what an American sounds like. I'm walking here! <laughs> no, definitely not. You don't want to say, I've just messed my pants because that doesn't go well. Or rip my pants off. Hey, really? you 47 Chinese people who are probably all Americans that are just working there because you couldn't find a job here. How you doing? Can you, can you uh, say hello in Chinese? Ni hao. Wow. It's just taking a piss, you pulled that out of the bag and you haven't made me look silly. Wash your Tiana Dion. Pulse, pulse, pulse. There's nothing I can do about that. Talking of balls, rather than waiting for the next section of the rotating door, I just assumed it was big enough and it wasn't. So she stepped in, I stepped in straight after into the same <laughs> compartment of the rotating door. Spun around real quick, got my bag, got stuck. And she just turned around and looked at me and said, and just laughed very nervously <laughs> as you say why are you that close behind why didn't you wait for the next one and I can I just I'm sorry and, and I, I bet you there are a lot of ladies listening to, the, listening to this right now going wish I was that lady but it is very mom centric to begin with especially Catherine's breastfeeding so you know that little sucker's attached to a boob for like 10 hours a day which is pretty much what I was doing before she's pregnant but unfortunately <laughs> he took over there. Um, 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 <laughs> um, Catherine be like, oh, are you all sweaty, what are you doing? And I'll be like, your mom. I've been trying to work on my pectorals, that's not working. I can still feel my ribs through them. That's so stupid. Mine I'm wobble skinny. when I brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so, moobs? Oh, most... Definitely, yeah. I tell you, if it wasn't for some ducks, I'd be full on baby feeding right now. Sometimes the poor little man is like, ah, oh, boob, and he's looking for something to eat, and he's like, oh, I'm full of hair. And just disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Retake number 5,453. Damn it. Three, two, one. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Tell me, Jimbo, now when did you last let your pig decide? 
I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under on a magic carpet ride A whole new world A new fantastic point of view No one to tell us no or where to go Say we're only dreaming A whole new world A dazzling place I never knew But when I'm way up here It's crystal clear Now I'm in a whole new world with you Now I'm in a whole new world with you Indescribable feeling I really cannot describe it Through in this dark sky Dark Don't you dare close your eyes A hundred thousand Hold things your breath, to see it's better. I'm like a shooting star I've gone so far Can't go back to where I used to be Every time I I'll chase them anywhere There's time to spare Let me share this whole new world with you A whole new world That's where we'll be That's where we'll be A thrilling chase A wondrous place For you Hello there, I'm Sea Squirrel Run. Welcome to this very special edition of Sequel Scuttlebutt, coming to you from the Zeichen Menagerie. Joining me today also is a fellow I like to refer to as either Peter or Steve. Which do you prefer? Ah, let's see. You can call me Steve, you can call me Peter. Just don't ever call me late for breakfast, eh? Alright then, I'll make sure to keep that in mind. Today we are going to be talking all about Martin Kirstein, who has been very busy over the last couple of weeks in a number of videos and interviews as he's been uh, attending the role-playing convention. Now I'm told that uh, Peter, or Steve, is a particular expert when it comes to Martin Kirstein. So uh, take it away and tell us all about the first interview uh, with War Tower. Now, following on from the Bobby Stein interview that wasn't covered in too great detail in the last episode, Martin tells us a bit more about the voice acting. As much work has been put into the foreign language voice acting as the English version, so presumably that means not only the equivalent of 60 feature-length films in voice acting, but that for each language that they will cater for. Wow, now th this, this impressed me, uh, because that means that they're going to have 60 feature-length films for German, and presumably for French as well, and I believe Spanish, let alone some of the Asian countries as well. So that just tells you the amount of work they're going to with this. And I believe there was also something interesting about the character customization. Now Martin affirms that the character customization will not be as extreme as Ion. 
but within limits, you will be able to make your character burlier, chubbier, or more slender, should you really want to. Interesting. The reason for not going to the extremes of Ion is that the art team has a certain aesthetic that they wish the world to have, and so the characters that people create should fit within that aesthetic. As a result, a, uh, I quote Martin Kirstein, magnificent creature that he is, a toothless, one-eyed, ragged warrior would be out of place. However, it will be extensive enough that if you choose, you don't have to run around looking like a supermodel. I wonder if this includes the ability to scale down your elementalist double Ds or your warrior's mega quads. Well, those are certainly very pertinent questions for you, as I can tell. Um, so I, I hope the... Uh, the character customization will is up to your high standards. But I mean, after all, it's ArenaNet, so come on, it's gonna be great. Now the guys that Martin Gerstein was talking to are from Wartower, and one of their guys, Flo, is apparently heard by Eric Flanham that there will be only seven dungeons. Oh, really? Just seven? And Martin had not heard if this is actually the case, saying that there might be more, if not at least seven. Oh, okay. If this sounds like a small number, Christian, Remember that you will first play through the dungeons in your personal story, after which it is unlocked for you to replay it as a five-man dungeon. You may also remember that the dungeons are affected dynamically and won't play the same each time through. Yeah, so I guess even with only seven uh, dungeons, you're going to be playing through them maybe three, four times, and that's going to increase the total number of playthroughs that you have overall and the total content that you get in-game, in and I'm just blabbering on about stuff while we should be talking about the magnificent creature. Now we've heard in a number of recent interviews uh, featuring Martin Kirstein that the messaging and the chat channel systems are currently in the build that is being tested and worked on at ArenaNet. Like anything though, it is still in development so there's no point in giving any more details about something which could work completely differently come launch. So Martin, he doesn't give us any insights there. Okay, but I mean, with respect to that, messaging and chat channel systems are pretty standard practice these days for an MMO, so I think it's fairly safe to assume that there's going to be something along those lines in the game at launch. Now, moving on to world versus world versus world. Can we call it the mists? The mists? The mists. It's such an awesome name. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, like we were talking about earlier, uh, in a previous episode, their plan is that their goal, their goal, this is their goal, yeah, it's what they're after, is to make switching servers as easy as possible in order to allow you to play with your friends, but they're going to keep the whole PvP aspect balanced at the same time. So of course there are going to be some restrictions, like we've been mentioning, and, and Martin continues to affirm that. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they actually finally come up with, with respect to that. Because the last thing we want is what we had with Heroes Ascent and Hall of Heroes, which worked in a similar way, whereby through PvP you gain PvE uh, reward access to the elite missions. And people back then, before they made those changes, it wasn't as easy to switch servers to prevent people from just joining the winning server. But it meant that um, Europe would hold it for a certain time, and then US would hold it for a certain time. And if your gameplay... Um, didn't coincide with those times, you were basically blocked from access to those areas. So hopefully, I mean, they learnt the lesson in Guild Wars and they made changes, and hopefully they can continue that on into Guild Wars 2 and uh, the mists, as you would like to refer to it. 
Now guys, listen up, because this is something special. Now, walking, not as easy as you might think, and here's why. As Martin explains, not only do you need to animate both male and female characters, that's two variations, for each race, that's ten variations, but you also have to check the clipping of every armour type and combination and weapon for every race. That's just too many numbers. It's more babies than a kangaroo's babies. I haven't got the right analogy. Once you take that into account, you realise how much work goes into the normal running animations and that twice as much would be required to simply add walking. And we've been privileged this week because not only have we witnessed the magnificent creature that is Martin Kirstein, but we've been privileged and blessed with the presence of a fellow community manager, Regina Buena Obra, who on the Guru forums said she talked with Eric Flanham and confirmed that walking has indeed been added to the game. Ah, oh, that is cool. Not only that, but they've shown us a video showing off the walking animation and Lion's Arch. Yeah, I managed to have a look at that today. Um, looks pretty cool. I saw some people also mention that the running animation might have been affected slightly, but again, it's a video of the current state, so don't take that as the final state of the game. The functions and features being worked on for guilds and social interaction, in Martin's opinion, surpass those of any other MMO he has had experience with. Being the magnificent creature that he is, I trust him, even if he's just being a big fanboy. Um, I don't know, it sounds like you're kind of a Martin Kerstein fanboy. Am I right? And Martin tells us that sadly, we won't see anything from the Solari, no matter how excited Kristen Perry is to blog about them, until they get their own spotlight week. And that won't be the next big reveal from ArenaNet. He tells us that the next big reveal is going to be a new profession, which will be revealed by the end of the month. So keep your eyes glued to the likes of Game Trailers or PC Gamer in case they accidentally break their NDAs again. Okay, so I think that pretty much covers that first video from Wartower. They then did release another quick follow-up, um, I guess they're part two. Uh, later on, also in German, so I, I had to listen through to that, and I've told uh, Steve, Peter, all about it, and take it away. For the second part of the interview, Martin Kirstein moves to the front of the convention centre. It's not actually relevant to the video, but I just thought I'd set the scene for you. Oh, well, thanks. I'm sure the uh, listeners will appreciate that very much. They do talk a little bit about underwater combat, which you guys have discussed quite a bit, and there's not much new there. Except that the underwater weapon sets, they will be the weapons you use underwater. That makes sense, right? And you won't be using your normal skills, which you guys have already said. Yeah, that's right. In a different interview uh, with Wartow called Tao Talk, Martin does confirm that harpoons will be in the game. So I'm afraid we're going to have to disappoint your friend Tiger. Uh, so we're going to go for some mean fishing trips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um... Yeah, so sorry, Tiger. Um, looks like we are going to have harpoons. Now, if you cast your mind back to uh, the Guildcast Roundtable uh, about last month... I think that might give the impression that to people that I'm uh, harping on a bit too much about that one time I was on Guildcast. We witnessed a very unique creature tell us all about Bob AI and how at the moment he feels it's leaving a lot... It's not quite up to scratch, basically, is what he was saying. Now, Martin, he talks a little bit about uh, and answers some questions that they have about mob AI. And uh, first of all, he says, of course, it's better answered by a developer. But 
Martin, he's a magnificent creature. So he's, he's able to, uh, to answer some of the questions in a little bit of detail. So what we see in the demos is definitely not the final product of the game. Remember that, guys. It's a demo for a reason. And what Martin can share is that there are patrols that attack when you're within line of sight. And during testing, certain mobs would fall back to gather reinforcements during combat. Their goal is to have as much variety in the way the mobs and bosses act, because nothing is more boring than having every opponent react in the same way. Well, cool. I guess we just have to wait and see what happens and find out when we actually play the game. So he obviously had a decent exposure to Martin Kirstein through those War Tower videos. Um, tell me about the other uh, encounters you've had with him. As I mentioned, Martin Kirstein, beautiful creature, a magnificent creature that he is, was also in another interview with War Tower, a vocal one, Tower Talk. And Christian, he's been putting his German to good use with that, the video and this interview, telling me all about what uh, Martin's saying. And uh, with the video, I could observe a lot visually uh, his body language and understand him that way. But uh, the Tower Talk interview couldn't really do that. So uh, Martin starts discussing potions. So energy management, he says, if you play well, you won't even need to use potions. So Guild Wars 2 won't simply evolve into a potion war. They're being conceived of as your last resort. And know that's going to make a lot of you happy. So stop your QQ, it's not a potion war anymore. And crafting, he says, will occur in certain locations rather than across the whole world. And this is to build a community around the crafting hubs rather than allowing everyone to craft wherever they like. Which, although more convenient, dilutes the community. So expect to be standing around uh, bantering and uh, experiencing Xinjiang uh, all over the place at all these crafting hubs. It's going to be good times. Looking forward to it. Hey, whatever floats your boat. Now, here's an interesting question. It gives a little more insight into this magnificent creature that is Martin Kirstein. They ask him what his favourite event is. So he tells us about this event in uh, the Char homelands somewhere uh, where the dredge, they've stolen ore from the Char, these great beasts, which you have to recover and return. Now the NPCs that you deliver it to, they start to wander off and you can hear them talking about the mine that they're going to return the ore to. After following them across almost half the map, you come across the mine, which subsequently comes under renewed attack from those dredge who have decided to try and steal the ore again. Sneaky little fellas, eh? Kicking off a whole new event chain. Yeah, what I really liked about this one is that where um, Colin Johansson's kind of got this big flashy, comedic, dynamic event that is his favourite, you know, the one with the catapult where the Char are testing out their uh, siege engines for siege relief, where they fire cows into besieged villages. Um, Martin Kirstein would rather point out or sh sh share with us a dynamic event which he's discovered by simply listening and being aware to uh, the surrounding environment. So he only discovered this event because he heard the guys that he'd handed in basically the quest to, even though it's not a quest in Girl Wars 2, and then followed them and came across the mine. And then a new event started. And this is what's going to be really exciting about the events. You're going to see the normal ones, your, the obvious ones all the time. It's these side events, I think, that are going to make the game really interesting. Now moving on to the uh, third and final interview. This was all uh, presented uh, in text uh, by Ninja Luda. 
is from uh, gilwas2journal.com, I believe is the URL you're after. Actually, uh, that's where we found the interview. It was originally from ninjaluta.de, another German fan site. So that's the original. And uh, if we call it the mists... So you're talking about world versus world? Uh, let's call it the mists. It will not put all characters on a level playing field. So if you're only level 20, you won't be boosted to, that, to have the same health, energy and stats as a level 80. So it is entirely possible that as a level 20, you will come across level 80 opposition and uh, you're pretty much going to get your butt kicked in that situation. Now this comes as a bit of a surprise to me and to uh, Christian too. I had a chat with him earlier about this because it seems to take much of the fun out of the mists. Martin does explain that there will be plenty of things for lower level character to do, recommending that you should probably leave the frontline combat to the level 80s and instead contribute by gathering resources and stuff like that. Uh, this makes it sound like everyone not at level 80 is going to end up as the water boy. Hopefully, this is not the case, but I guess we can't expect to simply jump into the mists from the get-go and be on a level begging field with everyone else, even if we can level from level 1 to 80, purely through PvP. Now, if you are looking for PvP content where you are on a level pegging field from the get-go, that's where you go to your 5 vs 5. Right, so... I think also with the 5 vs 5 we've got the traditional guild vs guild but they keep talking about this hot joinable format where you can join games which are already in progress much like an FPS. Interesting to see how that works balance wise uh, because if you can hot join that presumes that the team that you're joining doesn't yet have 5 players so it's not going to be 5 vs 5. I guess we'll just have to wait until we get some more information about PvP. So I think that's pretty much covered all the encounters that uh, Steve Peter has had with Martin Kirstein over the last week. Well, thanks very much for having me here today. Uh, it's been wonderful to uh, share my passion and my enthusiasm for the uh, community manager that is Martin Kirstein. And I hope some of that enthusiasm and that passion uh, has conveyed itself through your ear holes and uh, that you appreciate the uh, beauty and the uh, the magnificence uh, of Martin. Well, you've certainly portrayed the uh, humble community manager in a very different light to that which most of us will have been used to. So thanks very much for joining me today. And uh, we'll see if we can get you on again. Uh, I'll have to have a chat with Ryan about that. Uh, you should uh, mention to Ryan that uh, my best mate, uh, Captain Martin Long, he, he can vouch for me. Yeah, so uh, if Ryan ever wants me back on... Uh, just get in touch with him and uh, he'll get the message on to me. Okay, well, uh, that's it for Sequel Scuttlebutt, or at least my part of Sequel Scuttlebutt. Stay tuned, or maybe you had some more before me. Who knows? This is a big community mashup. Speaking of mashups, I don't have one for you for this episode. I think I'll probably only do them for the uh, main episodes because I want to spend time doing this kind of thing. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I'll leave you in the blissful tranquility of the Zeichen Menagerie. But I guess we can't expect to simply jump into the mists from the get-go. <coughs> My poor voice, it's so dead.
Welcome to Fernando's Bar and Grill, sir. May I take your hat? Get your own hat, Kuiper. Just an offer to hang your hat for you, sir. Oh. Welcome. There you have it. I'll be keeping it. Thank you. Well, the barkeep. Hey, Billy. How the hell are you? Edgar. Nice. Oh, you're back. Again. I'd like one on the house. I'm sure you would. Can't blame a man for trying, eh? What's your fancy? Song, athletic. I say that joke every time. What beverage do you want? I was thinking of a black and copper draft. Coming right up. Couldn't help but notice you're a bit off kilter. Say. Suppose like you benefit from showing up and sober. I work towards something, isn't it? Kind of my sentiment. Where y'all from? Me? Oh, well, yeah. Well, see, Buck, we, you said y'all, so I was kind of constipated about what party, party of personage you're referring to. Just you, kind sir. I come from all over. Did I ever tell you about the time we went to China? I just met you. Oh. Well, there you have it. What about your time in China? Thank you, Billy. What? You see, I love her there. And I have to fight this dragon. <clears throat> Pardon me. Dragon? Dragons aren't real. Oh. Well, then. Y you didn't let me finish. See, I was an arch nemesis with this dragon master. See, I didn't say master before. Master of what? Of uh, fighting with the hands. Martial arts, eh? Now you're with me. Which form? The, uh, Chai Tea. The fighting style called Chai Tea? Oh, shit, yeah. I thought that was a beverage. One of those beatniks like to drink. Oh, yeah, because it was named after the fighters. Because you see, this is an ergonomically efficient style where you gotta have oneness with the earth. And shit. Oh, yeah? Those beatniks can appreciate that, I'm sure. Right, so... I learned this fighting style and became a dragon myself. So if I rile up some of these fellas, you can get my back. Full synthetically speaking. Hey, anyone tell you you look like a chip eating peanut butter? Hey, you remember? That was not honorable. You ladies looking to dance? Man, he was talking to me, see? Because his beer's real bitter. No, I wasn't. I was calling you over for a dance, that's right. I got 80 bucks. Says my friend can give you a sound whooping chai tea style. You're gonna have to speak for yourself, Buckwheat. You're a fighter, aren't you? Oh, by God. Let's see it. So I'm gonna kick your ass. Okay. I think it's time we bought these stools, Billy. Yeah, they got some sharp corners. And shit.